0: It's the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off
1: The Leash. It's 12.08. It's time for Off The Leash here on RSN Central. Welcome back. Georgie Ferrugia, Molly Haynes have joined me in the studio. First of all, good morning to you. Good afternoon to you, George. Good afternoon, Maddie. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm filling in for the great man today. Is he all right? Just a bit jet-lagged? Oh, he's or? okay. He's in bed. He's got a temperature. He'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. How are you, Molly?
0: I'm great, thank you. I think you've, you've been killing it on air so far. I got the, had the pleasure of listening to you on the way up. Gareth might be a bit um, <laughs> worried about his job upon return.
1: Well, as long as he didn't turn off, that's the main thing. Uh, 0416 90 50 if you want to get involved today. Our conversation, we're actually we're nearly set to go at Horsham for the 8th, but our conversation today was the biggest stories in sport and racing. For you guys, what was the biggest story in greyhound racing. I'll start with you, Molly.
0: I think I love the Lockie's legacy story heading into um, this year. He had his first win. He's obviously named in memory of Lachlan Poulter, who passed away playing football um, after having a heart attack in Ballarat. And I think having the whole crowd get behind Lockie's Lockies legacy is just Mm. a, a great thing.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think uh, all the popularity around Tornado Tears was probably yes. the big one still, especially earlier in the year and, and the sad passing of Basia Bale. I don't think we'll see a Messiah like him for, for some time. He's, he's been fantastic. The Melbourne Cup as well, I assume, would be right up there?
0: Absolutely. I think I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of an emotional one. So I think Melbourne Cup was definitely a great one, but Lockie's legacy for me.
1: Yeah, I have a real connection to Lockie's legacy as well. So through a couple of family ties, it, it did impact on our family. And I think it's wonderful what is being done on that front as well. And I think it's captivating people what the the power of what a greyhound can do as well
2: huge community support always the way they're always willing to help out uh, the majority of greyhound trainers speaking of ballarat the ballarat cup was over the weekend what can you tell us about the ballarat cup
0: look western envoy was just ridiculous in his win it was the melbourne cup reverse he defeated whiskey Riot, and what what a win it was it was so close and the whole crowd was really concerned as to which way it was going to head
1: at the ballarat cup over the weekend guys were you guys out
0: there I was. I was on course. You know, George had runners, a couple of runners during Ballarat Cup night and just decided he, he wouldn't attend the Ballarat right. Cup. Right. Daddy, Daddy daycare.
2: Mate. Too good for Ballarat, George. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I love Ballarat. I love going to Ballarat. Been there many times, even on a bloody cold July troll day. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, I just uh, was home with the kids, but um, was cheering them on there. It was a, it was a really good meeting. Geez, there was a lot of fast winners. Breaking 25 seconds. That track must have been in, in fair, Nick.
0: Absolutely. And one thing I do have to mention, Crimson Vixen did break the first sectional record. There's a bit of a a muck up when it comes to the times on Fast Track, but I spoke to Jamie Lorden, the track manager down at Ballarat, and he did tell me that she broke um, Magic Diva's first split track record, so I believe it was... 6.36 6 636 and Crimson Vixen went 630. Yeah. Now Crimson. Now also she equaled the um, second split and who was held by a, I think
2: Magic Diva as well. No, it's That's... Chief's
0: Empire, which is Magic Diva's son. Oh,
2: there you go. Mm. So, so it was 10.99 down the back, was it or oh, something like that? I had yeah. my I had my notes 10.99 it says. Them.
0: Yeah. So oh, you've I've got him. I did write. You've them helped down. me out, yeah. Molly. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was a great night. And look, Crimson Vixen. They should be absolutely stoked. The owners of Crimson Vixen. She was you know, when, when you're out in front and you see the likes of Western Envoy and, and Whiskey Riot, your heart just must sink. Mm, but she yeah. went super.
2: She's had her day winning the Bendigo Cup, though, exactly. and I'm sure her day will come again with that unbelievable speed. And she has um, tinkered with 500 metres in town and, and seemed to run out okay. So yeah. she's, she can just remain injury-free. She's got a bit of a future as well, I think, in the next uh, three to six months.
0: Do you have to remember, too, she's only three starts back from um, recovering yeah. from her hock injury. So there's only improvement left yeah. with this one.
2: The
1: Hobart Thousand is on Thursday night, and my boy hooked on Scotch. Well, he's lucky to be in the field.
0: That he is. Look, he finished second to Grey Ghost. So we're going to have Jeff Britton on the phone shortly to have a chat about a few things. Actually, Jeff's got his fingers in a couple of um topics that we're talking about today, but Hooked on Scotch was lucky to get through. But I think there is so much improvement with this dog. He didn't see the track beforehand, mm. so I can't wait to see what he does on Thursday night. I,
2: think, I, I really think, Matt, it's a simple thing that we expect so much from him every start because he's such a wow factor type of dog. And I don't think he went that badly. I think He still ran 25.80 and getting beat. He just looked like... He struggled to get to grey ghost. This box draw has really helped him out. And punters haven't missed. He was 250-260 into 210 to win the Hobart Thousand already. And the fastest heat winner, Tigalong Tonk, was 440 out to 480. So, um... They've had a crack at hooked on Scotch, that's for sure.
0: Absolutely. And look, I do need to mention, I spoke, spoke to Corey, um, Corey during the week, Corey Grenfell during the week, I should say, and he said that he's had a huge opinion of Tigalong Tonk for a very long time. He actually trialed within a couple of lengths of Orson Allen on the same trial track, or the same trial day, I should say, um, at 15 months of age. So that is huge to be within a couple of lengths of Orson Allen, who's a multiple Group 1 winner, a freak in his own right now, mm. standing at stud. Fifteen months of age, trailing within a couple of lengths. I can't wait to see what this dog can do.
2: Just a couple of others to mention. The two brothers, Stanley Gordon and Raging Ralston, both at, this, at uh, b- within a week apart, held a track record at Hobart. They're tremendously talented greyhounds. And I think why the supporters come for Hooked on Scotch is that they do like to use a little bit of the track and they're drawn right near him in three and four. But if they can get out and go, there's not, nothing to say. They're not chances as well. of Full the brothers? Others. Yeah, yep. Full Brothers, both. My bro Fabio, uh, okay. uh, Broadway Miss, um, Welps, and they're, they're very uh, talented. Stop Line is the other interesting runner. He's a Devonport Cup winner. He was massive running down Pico Can, who was I couldn't... Um, I couldn't believe the odds she started, but she's certainly not racing at her best. She got run down in 26.01. I just don't like where stop line's drawn in in box eight. I think he'll find it hard to defeat some of these drawn on his inside. Hooked on Scotch is $2.10 currently. Is that the right price, or is he well and truly backable? Um, They might keep him around that price because of last week's run. They might just be a little bit worried, but there's nothing to suggest that Hobart shouldn't be right in his wheelhouse. Mm. I mean, it's got a long straight. He should just... um, balance and, and take off. But um, Grey Ghost, in, in fairness to Grey Ghost, was fantastic. We know he's a fast dog Grey Ghost, so he's, he'd be hard to run down at the best of times. So, yeah, I think people are a little bit hard, harsh on Hooked on Scotch, or, or, you know, but he's going to have to improve about four or five lengths to be a, a winning chance against a couple of these ones.
0: Absolutely. Look, I think uh, he's easily got that improvement in him. I think he's, gonna yep. se- he's seen the track, you know, heading into it from box two. I think you, you, you see Jay Thompson um, next to his name, you think, right, righto, this dog's, dog's right. So if I was allowed to bet, I would happily put um, my money on at $2.10.
1: And the Laurels on Thursday night, some terrific racing there. Fill us in.
0: Yes, we, yeah, we do. We've actually got a fourth place getter um, in the Melbourne Cup in Oakvale Beauty, um, who is, I believe, the, the tab favourite at $1.85. And I think her run in the heats on Sunday was very much warranted, uh, very much warrants this price.
2: I think she's unbeaten from box one, which is pretty scary for the, for the rivals, Maddie. And uh, I really like the run of a few of these. Extra speed showed really good uh, splits, 5.02 early, 29.66. The other greyhound who's who's got a bit of a future, I think, is Desiree DeVere um, for Daniel Powell. Uh, Only a greyhound on the up. That was only her second look and uh, ran 29.51. The other greyhound that uh, I had a little bit of money on was Origami Angel off box one. I thought her run was really good. Now, she's always had a lot of ability. She's had some injury concerns. She's come back. And, Molly, she ran 29.33. So she's right up in the same time uh, bracket as... As Oakvale Beauty, but the box draw um, probably puts pay to her chances a little bit, uh, considering how good Oakvale Beauty's been. Do
0: you know what? I really don't mind Origami Angel's chances in in this Laurels, and I'm happy to be corrected when when we have Jeff on the line very shortly, but I actually think she looked to step out wide when she jumped out of the boxes in, in her heat, so I really think at $10, I would be more than happy to put some money on now.
1: I think Jeff Britton has joined us on the line as well. Good afternoon, Jeff.
3: Yeah, good
0: afternoon.
1: Got Oakvale Beauty going around there on Thursday. What are the confidence levels like?
3: Uh, look at Steph, uh, the a And the is he's had boss one. And because, uh, uh, you know, she's shown her quality in the Melbourne cap And then when she drew the red, uh, I just thought, well, it's just more or less bad luck. I think it's an only boost.
0: So bad luck. I, I Look... I'm stand. I'm happy to be corrected, Jeff, but I am really liking the chances of Origami Angel, trained by Angela Langton. Your partner. Do you think I'm silly for heading this direction?
3: Yeah. Look, I think if she was on the other, <laughs> I'd like to see her in too. Because <laughs> uh, I just think there's too much pace in the race, and uh, so it's going to be a little bit of carnage on the first corner, I'd say, and uh, and that's where Hopeful Beauty. I'm just sort of hoping that. She can get the sit on the pace and uh, she'll stick to the rail. We know where she'll be. It's only if going to the first corner, I don't want something to cut her off. She's going to the first corner. And uh, and what I saw of the three is not fun. She seemed to move off the track a bit. Um,
0: she got out really
3: well, had a lot of pace. But, so she might punch him up from out wide. And then it's uh, really agile beauty trying to run down extra speed.
2: Oakvale Beauty, uh, Jeff, is sort of taking a a bit of a similar path to Circle of Dreams in a sense that she has taken out some age classics and and could win the laurels of, of course, Circle of Dreams won it last year. Uh, You must hold uh, pretty high hopes for Oakvale Beauty heading into 2020 because she proved herself against the big boys in the Melbourne Cup, and if she can pick up a couple of these really nice uh, age-restricted races uh, along the way, it's it's only going to help her, isn't it, in the future? Yes, it's
3: good to have uh, young she's at the you know, the oldest end of, the, of this life and uh, she only just scrapes in and so, you know, I don't don't know if she gets, you gets... Know, her goal is going to be 100, and uh I just think she's got the speed for being six hundred and uh I just when I see her home the way she does, um, I think she's got a good future there.
2: Tell us a little bit about the enigma that is Grey Ghost in the, in the Hobart Thousand. Uh, uh, he can put some really good runs together, sometimes not so much, but he was outstanding uh, last Thursday at Hobart. Uh, what do you think of his chances going into this uh, fantastic Hobart Thousand final? Yes, yeah.
3: uh, he's just going to have to jump and, uh, you know, to give himself a chance to draw, when he draw the score, you know, from box five and... Uh, uh, look, I like it. He's sort of uh, he's got a bit of a fright of Meadows. It's probably why he, he puts in the odd bad run. He's not the best of dogs when there's uh you know, like a carnival atmosphere outside the track. And uh, and I came and to him, and I just thought, well, he gets over Hobart. He's away everything out in the middle. There's a horse track and then a trotting track and then the greyhound track. So he's way away from the crowd and things like that. And I just think it'll probably suit him over there. Uh, you know, to this place. i I think future horseshoe races will help him probably a lot more than actually city tracks. But um, look, if he can get some, you know, clear room, I think uh, he's got a good chance. Uh, it's hard, hard not knowing. I don't really know that Tasmanian does that well. Um uh, you know, always thought, look, uh, uh, last week, Don Scotch hadn't nothing on the track, and uh, he seemed to just sort of. I didn't know when
0: any took the corner, so I've got to hope it's the same this week. To see. Him. Oh, Jeff, we're, I think we're struggling on the line here. We might we might have to wrap up. I think we're we're giving the, the listeners a bit of a bit of trouble. It's been a little bit hard to hear, but Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. And I do believe there is a bit of a cheer squad heading over in the owners for Grey Ghost um, in the Hobart Thousand. So, Jeff, thanks very much for coming on off the leash this afternoon.
3: Yeah, no
1: worries. Apologies. Apologies for
2: that line there of Jeff Britton's. Is Grey Ghost a chance, Georgie? Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't be putting um, the hard-earned on, only because I know those two um, Tassie Greyhounds in three and four um, can put a bit of speed on and use a little bit of the track. So he's going to have to do everything right from his draw and... Yeah, you're right, Molly. I think there's a few, a few of the owners hitting over. <laughs> they know how to have a good time. So uh, good luck to uh, to Grey Ghost and Co. But, yeah, I think that's why, as we said, I think that's why Hooked on Scotch is um, the price he is now.
0: Yeah, and I love what Jeff said in regards to um, him being a dog that is a little bit spooked from from the bigger race mm-hmm. meetings. And um, I believe his brothers like that a little bit too. But it's it's really good that Jeff's able to place this dog and you know, head to Hobart where, although we would love the crowd to be huge, there is a, a, a big thought in regards... Regards to where to place this dog, you know, you got to think about the trip over, and and obviously with, like he said, the the trotting, the horse track, and everything around it, you know, kind of giving the dog a bit of space. You know how fast this dog is, and I think you're only going to see the best of him when when it is a quieter meeting.
2: Absolutely, would love him in my kennel because he's capable, that's for sure. But um, yeah, and good luck. And you'd love
0: to, you'd love to be celebrating with the owners too. I think one thing Hobart needs to be prepared for is making sure they've got <laughs> plenty of beer on tap or wherever they're getting oh, it that. from, because um, I know Jack. Barrett and, and Mark are going to be heading over there and celebrating big win, lose or draw.
2: Well, as they should, because uh, I think we all know in this game and all, over all three codes, it, they're not easy to win group races, so especially a group one, if you're able to, to do it, mm. you, uh, you have to light it up, that's for sure. Speaking about group one racing, the
1: sale heats there on Friday night this week. What are some of the big talking points as we head to sail? I think
2: the biggest two for me is Tornado Tears going to sail and to see how he'll go around that circuit. It's a tight little circuit, and I believe he trialled okay there uh, leading up to the race. So that'll uh, that'll hold heaps of interest. If he wins, he, he starts pushing up into... Prize money uh, close to 950000 I believe. So getting really close to that million-dollar mark. Mm-hmm. And I think the other one was Red Rock, who absolutely flew around there on Sunday. I think broke 37 seconds. Yep. This is the brother to Seneke, Gwitty, and He's always been crying out for a little bit more ground. And, uh, look, if he jumps to the front, he's going to be incredibly hard to beat the Heat and final.
0: Yeah, he beat um, Rajasthan at Standown, I believe it was. It was a, an enormous run, and I was so glad to see this nom come through um, in regards to, to Red Rock. Some other interesting ones I saw just pre-the um, box draw coming. Well, obviously, the the noms have been extended, mm-hmm. I should say, so they close at 2 p.m., so you've still got a bit of time, uh, just in case you were thinking of heading sale cut-wise. But I was really, really, really happy to see Kesla Bale um, yeah. in, in these nominations. I think this is a, a dog that just... I've, I love watching this dog. There's just something about watching him storm home and just this big unit on the track. I just can't wait to see what he does at Sale.
2: Dailies have got a good hand. They've got yep. some of the rock star dogs too Absolutely. who can, who can, oh, I think 650 will suit. But Kessler-Bale's run in that Sir John Dillon Memorial, yes. I mean, he picked them up and beat them fair and square. He needs a bit of luck early. He's a greyhound that uses a bit of the track, but you'd think Sale would suit him uh, down to the ground. So, yeah, looking forward to that. There's never a, any respite in ground racing, Maddie. Seriously, no. like there's group racing <laughs> everywhere. Oh, yeah around. There's match racing uh, in Queensland this week. There's group racing at Wentworth Park as well. It's it's just crazy.
0: Absolutely. And look, another greyhound I did really want to ask Jeff about, um, unfortunately, but the line just wasn't in our favour. Um, he's He's got True Detective as well, heading that direction after a fantastic performance on Ballarat Cup night. Got a bit of a connection, like we've mentioned on countless occasions to old Georgie boy. Um, but I think he will really suit sale. It would have been great for him to have seen the track. Like I say, I think any time a dog goes around without seeing it But there's no doubt he's a dog with extreme talent And the 650 is just going to suit him well
2: Should suit him But um, yeah, I, I think that's why Tornado T is trialling there And Red Rock winning I think they If, if Tab were to frame a market I would think they'd be right up there Including another one called Roper River Jake From the Thompson Kennel Who I think uh, will suit the 650 metres
1: we're, we're nearly running out of time Two minutes till the next at
2: Horsham What are some of the big best bets over the last week or so, Georgie? Yeah, winners a grinners eleven thousand eight hundred and twelve dollars on a dollar at a dollar eighty on fine tactics at Cranbourne race three number nine and somebody had seven thousand <laughs> at a dollar and twelve on true detective at Ballarat so good luck to them <laughs> for doing that um, better luck next time ten thousand at two dollars eighty on Bubba Joe who ran yeah. second at Cranbourne race one number sorry race one on December eleven Bubba, so no. on- unluck yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: and then round of applause five hundred on at twenty three dollars on Scatterbox. At Sandown Park in race number three. I had to put in the true detective um, one for you, You George. I think you always (laughs) try to stitch me up with it. Don't
2: (laughs) like talking about it.
0: No, uh, look, I I think why not? You have to have a bit of fun every now and then.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) 90 seconds away until the ninth at Horsham. The last of our talking points today uh, is the hot weather. And the, the effect that that's having on a couple of meetings, Sheppard on Thursday has been moved to the morning um, and there's extreme heat forecast right throughout the week. It was interesting getting Wayne Hawkes' thoughts this morning on how it affects horses and he doesn't seem to think that they are affected so much by it. He says they race up in the far uh, north of the Northern Territory and, and it doesn't affect them. They're all the same.
2: But what about with greyhounds? How does the, the heat affect the animal? I can see it from the trainer's point of view that they don't want too many changes because they arrive in air condition, they get in kennels, air conditioned, they race for 30 seconds, they get washed down immediately after the race. So I can understand that point of view too, Molly. But um, look, I think where possible, if you can move it to a a morning meeting, I think that's okay as well.
0: Absolutely. Look, I... um
2: is that for the participants or for the animals more it's so for for animals. it's for the so animals so there's yeah.
0: rulings um, yeah. at GRV now I've forgotten the actual the the cut off point where you have to move a, a, ra- I think it's a two race two hours meeting.
2: before the first race if it's over 38 degrees is over that right over 30 mm-hmm. yeah over 38 but yeah. then there's
0: also another barrier that you need need to be looking at as well but yeah. i think the hot weather policy is a great one. I think it ensures if, if there's a dog that maybe is stressed out a little bit, it's just that hot weather just going to knock it over the line. That little bit more, I think yeah. we're doing everything for the welfare of the animal. And I think, um, yeah, make sure you keep an eye on the, on the GRV Fast Track page for all the updates because there's a lot of meetings, especially come Friday. They're probably going yeah. to head to a uh, Friday morning meeting. So yep. keep an eye on Fast Track.
1: We'll keep an eye on that. You're right, it is important that we prioritise the welfare of the animals. That is our number one Priority in this sport because it's what keeps us all in a job, doesn't it? Exactly, Georgie, Molly. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me Thanks, uh, Matt. in the absence of the great Gareth Hall. <laughs> Thank we you might you see you next much. week. Absolutely. No. <laughs> We're